I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. excited for tonight's episode because this one, this topic was suggested by a very loyal listener of ours. And I'm not going to say her name just in case she wouldn't want me to mention her, but she knows who she is. Tonight, we are going to discuss the Michigan Hell House. Now, babe, have you ever heard of this one? I actually have not. You haven't. I haven't heard anything about it. I have not done any research about it. I did not know there was a Michigan Hill House so, <laughs> or a Hell House in Michigan. Mm. So. Hey, before we get started, though, you want to let them know what we're drinking? Yeah, so you came up with this drink. It's called the Bee Venom. It's very similar to, on Maker's Mark's website, the Gold Rush, mm-hmm. but um, it has a little twist. So last year um, at one of the... Um, Farmers markets. We got in spicy. Town. We got local a spicy honey. local honey, and I've been waiting to use it for a good reason. And so tonight's cocktail, um, we're calling it, I guess, the bee venom. Yeah, bee venom. Yeah. Um. So it's two parts Maker's Mark, one part local spicy honey, and one part lemon juice. Um, of course, we doubled it for tonight, so we each could have a cocktail, and we put it, shook it up in a. Cocktail shaker with some ice and poured it into a glass. And it's... It's good. It's it, got just a little spice. It's not overpowering. I feel like... No, it's not overpowering. I feel like it hits you on the back end, which means yeah. like while you're drinking it, it tastes really like sweet and lemony and bourbony. And then once you're done, there's a little heat. Yeah. It's like you can feel it at the back of your tongue. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to make this at home and you don't have local spicy honey, you could just use regular honey. It's like, And it's actually... And then put hot sauce in it. It's yeah. Well, it's it's and it's. I use um. I don't know if that's right. Cayenne pepper. Um, but it's actually um honey syrup. I should have clarified. That's so. I took the spicy honey and I added some water to dilute it. Oh, okay. And kind of mixed it up, heated it up so that it was a little bit like like runnier instead. Yeah, of, okay. yeah. Instead of it, it's straight honey. You could do straight honey, I guess. I don't see why not. But um, just to make it easier to mix up in the cocktail. So, um, this. This story um, is not very well known. Okay, the, this story we're covering tonight—it's um, actually one of the most, one of the most well-documented cases in paranormal history. Local and state police investigated this case, so it's similar to you know the the Gary House that we investigated, yeah. or we talked about. We, we, didn't, didn't, actually, we didn't investigate. It. We didn't investigate it, but we talked about it. And you know how police had kind of investigated that and there were some like CPS workers involved with because of the kids and yes. how they were acting. Okay. Similar in that case because local and state police do get involved. Um, but it wasn't really well known. 
until just recently. Um, there's a show on Travel Channel called Michigan Hell House. I actually, I found it on Hulu and I watched it to prepare for this episode. Now, of course, you can't always trust everything no. on Travel Channel and Discovery and all no. that. So I actually did some research because I wanted to learn more about this story. And I did find several news articles and police documents on this case. In fact, I found the original Saginaw news article from January 1975. So it was actually in the news at that time. And then I found the copies of the police reports, like I said, and there's some other documents and other news stories that, that have since been written. Um, but that helped validate the case for me. Because, like, if I'm going to cover it, I want to make sure this isn't just some random travel channel of bullshit that <laughs> we're, we're talking about here. I wanted to actually have something that had some some proof, right? Some actual documented stuff. Some documentation. Yeah. Okay. So, the home in question, located on Dice Road in Merrill, Michigan, belonged to Mabel and Harold Pomerang, and they lived there with their two sons, Terry and Dwayne. It was built in 1951 on the family's homestead, but paranormal incidents did not occur until 23 years later. It was in July of 1974. The family was asleep when suddenly they heard what sounded like um, a, a window breaking, like glass breaking. Okay. And pounding, and the family investigated, and they couldn't find anything. Then they began to hear the loud pounding more and more, like the knocking sounds. And they thought that it was a prowler. Their first instinct wasn't, "Oh shit, it's a ghost." Like they thought someone was trying to break into their home. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course. So Harold contacted the Saginaw County Sheriff's Department and reported the potential intruder situation. And the first police officer to respond was Sergeant Charles Frisbee. He, he too could hear the sounds of the pounding and he called for backup, essentially. Other police officers arrived and they checked the perimeter of the home. They looked for footprints. They looked for any evidence that there was someone trying to break in. There was nothing, no signs of anything. No evidence to suggest that some someone was trying to harass them. Okay, so they didn't find they didn't find any evidence at all. Mm -mm. Nothing. Mm. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, so the family began to wonder if their strange new neighbors could have been messing with them. So apparently, there was a woman who had moved in across the street, and one day she, I guess, came up to Harold. And had said, I want to buy your home. Okay. And he was like, no. <laughs> like, this is our house. This is our house. We've lived on this property. If this was our family's homestead, I'm not selling our, our home. And she seemed to be really angry that he wouldn't sell her the home. And um, I guess, like, soon after that, Dwayne, which was... Um, the, I think he's the oldest son, but I could be wrong. Dwayne reported seeing the woman again. She had approached him and he couldn't remember initially at first what happened. He, he said that she gave him a haircut. Okay. That's all he could remember. And then he started having seizures. He started having. After the fact. 
after what, yes, this encounter with this woman. She actually took him into her home across the street and gave him, quote unquote, a haircut. And then he began having seizures. And so he had some type of medical, there was some medical stuff going on with him, okay? Did she dose him with something? Well, that's, hold on. Okay. Okay. Then on Halloween night, 1974, the family again began hearing these knocking and pounding sounds coming from within the home. So the family called the police again, but they were already there doing surveillance on the home. See, the police, I guess they felt like if there was going to be any night for this weird shit to happen, it was going to be on Halloween night. So they were already doing surveillance. It's not entirely clear to me why, um, but that's what I gather. So I guess... (sighs) They, they were already on the location, and I'm going to re- read from the police report here momentarily, but um, they began to suspect that the sons were involved in some way. That's The two sons were the prime suspects, okay? They were specifically looking at Dwayne, and I'm not sure why, but the boys actually took a polygraph, and the results cleared them of any wrongdoing. Okay. Okay, and I did want to read from the Sheriff's Department Supplementary Report, which is dated November 1st, 1974. Of course, the date of the original complaint, it says October 31st, Halloween. Um, In the report, it says, at approximately 6.30 p.m., this officer was advised by dispatcher that someone was pounding on the house. This officer requested dispatch to call the party and get location of the noise. This dispatcher reported that noise came from the north side of the home. This officer took no action as no person or animal was observed moving or being present on the north side of the home or the west side. So essentially, it just says no one was seen. There, like The sounds were being heard, but the officers that were surveying the home could not find any cause. There was no human, no animal that could have caused that noise. Do so, we know how long it took them to get there? They, uh, it was at the time, so they had been there since 545. Oh, okay. They arrived on the scene at 545 and it was 630 is when they reported hearing the pounding. So they were there a good hour. Oh, okay. About an hour before. So that being said, the next major incident was in January of 1975. A loud blast shook the home and the family reported hearing voices that said, I'm going to kill your family. Again, the police were called. At this point, the Michigan State Police began investigating and were trying to find a scientific explanation for what was happening. When they could find no scientific reason for what was happening, they decided to bring in a paranormal investigator. Now, the investigator brought a Ouija board. Yep, big mistake. Yeah. And was trying to communicate with the entity. The board spelled out K-N-I-F-E, knife. Mm -hmm. And suddenly a kitchen knife flung at the small group of people who were seated at the table. After that experience, the family asked a pastor to come bless their home. But the pastor refused. Did it say why the pastor refused? It did not. Okay. They then reached out to the priest who came out and he blessed the home from the outside with holy water. Didn't we also run into that with like the Amyville horror stuff? Is like, I'm going to bless it from afar. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like we're not going to step in the house, but exactly. I'm, I'm going to send you a long term, like a, a long. 
Well, but he had also already had an experience. That priest had already been attacked. This one wasn't. This one had no experience and was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going in your home. Okay, so this actually only made things worse. Objects began moving throughout the home more often. And in one incident, Mabel had a pillow fly at her. And the pillow literally, it like when it flew across the room, it held against her face in an attempt to suffocate her. That's pretty significant evidence. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, that's pretty terrifying, right? Right. Okay. Um, again, I have a police report here, a supplementary report from dated January 5th, 1975. Um, it's uh, explosions. It says the t- it has every listed time of the blasts that were reported by the family. 150, 158, 207, 211, 213, 217, 224, 228, 255, 315, 317, 345. Two blasts. Those are all in the afternoon, it looks mm-hmm. like. It says it was reported to this officer by Mr. Pomerang that while the sergeants from Lansing were at the residence, nothing happened. They heard a blast or two, but were unable to get their equipment set up to record anything on it. At this time, there is nothing further I can add. Okay. So that's from the report there. Okay. Okay. So, um, in the meantime, the Michigan State Police had reached out to the parapsychology lab at Duke University, run by world-renowned parapsychologist William Roll. Now, Roll's associate, Jerry Salfin, a former senior researcher at the Psychical Research Foundation, investigated the home in 1975. It is during one of his stays at the home that a toilet paper roll caught fire for no apparent reason. In fact, the state fire marshal was called to investigate and he reported the fire was humanly impossible. Quote, okay. humanly impossible. Now I'm actually going to read from that report. Okay. It says, It should be noted that two members of the Duke University Psychical Research Foundation, Durham, North Carolina, have been conducting extensive testing at the residence to determine the source of the strange noises and strange occurrences taking place there. It is felt by all parties involved that there is some supernatural phenomena occurring at this location and that it also could be the cause of the fires that have occurred, which have occurred. It is the understanding of undersigned officer that the burning of the roll of toilet paper is next to humanly impossible when it is rolled up in the normal toilet paper type roll, as it is unable to get sufficient oxygen to produce enough heat to sustain burning. However, tests will be made in regard to the roll of toilet paper by undersigned officer. And then it says complaint status open pending further investigation. Okay. Okay. So, um, there were actually three fires at the home over this course of time. After the third investigation, the state fire marshal wrote in his report that supernatural activity could be the explanation for the fires. That's interesting that the fire marshal is writing, oh yeah, this could be supernatural activity because I feel like that would not fly nowadays. No, absolutely not. But he literally, I guess he could not find any explanation other than it was supernatural in nature like Mm. he could not find any cause for the so i have a question does the does the lady that wants to buy the house does she come into play at any point yes i'm gonna get back okay because i feel like that she's hexing the house at this point that would be a very good um... i 
at this point suggestion she, she wants to buy the house there's all this crap going on mm-hmm. i mean it seems like you're quintessential like hexing the house because i can't have it type of thing okay so let's let's go further here the Palmering family moved out of the home and new owners, Dave and Luann Larson, moved into the house in 1978. So they have now lived in the house for 45 years. Okay, so they're still currently living there. So okay. I don't want to give the address just because, I mean, you can find it if you go online and you Google it. I just don't think it's... It's not right to do It's that. not appropriate. It's their home and they don't want a bunch of people showing up. I'm sure they already get a bunch of people showing right. up. Our little podcast isn't going to have a bunch of people showing up. I know. <laughs> Like I'm just saying I don't want to be responsible for anything. Okay. So they have reported a few strange experiences while staying in the home. Objects have moved and an antique radio has turned on without being plugged in. And their two daughters, Bridget and Julie, who were interviewed for the show that I mentioned, the Michigan Hell House. They described a time in which they were home alone and they saw a flash of light outside the home. It was like out the window and the dogs began barking, fract- or I'm sorry, it was the dog, I think it was just one dog, began barking frantically. And when they went to go investigate, they looked at the window and saw what they described as a bright white face pressed against the glass. Terrified, the two young women called their neighbor, who, upon investigating, found no footprints other than his own in the freshly fallen snow outside the house. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know yet. (laughs) Okay. So what could have caused this strange activity? Was it a poltergeist? Did one of the boys, maybe, um, Dwayne, produce some type of psychokinetic energy? Um, You know, we've talked a little bit about poltergeists in a a previous podcast episode. And how, like, it's usually women, young women, reaching their teen years, um, going through puberty or whatever, and they start manifesting stuff. That's like one of the theories. So was it Dwayne? I realize he's not a woman, but like, could he have been experiencing something like as a child and was, you know? Yeah. Um, could he have caused the knocks and the pounding sounds, objects moving and fire spontaneously igniting? I don't know. Or was Dwayne maybe influenced by something? Was the female neighbor a witch? And had she hexed I, him? I think I think that's that's my that's your 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 theory. I I don't know because I mean, it just seems like it's odd that she wanted the house so bad and she was like really like you know give me this house and he was like no and she got angry mm-hmm. and then all this stuff starts happening and then she invited him in for a haircut and yeah. he had seizures. It just seems too on the nose to say this lady is involved. Right. So, okay. Well, was there also an evil entity already there in the home that was influencing the family? Did the did the witch woman pick up on it and maybe wanted to buy the home for that reason? Maybe. Maybe it's a, like a it's a hell mouth or something, and she wanted to be closer. To okay. So, paranormal investigator Steve Shippy was trying to determine what he thought could could have caused this. Right. He was trying to investigate and learn. He was looking deeper into this activity and he invited psychic medium Cindy Kaza to help him determine the cause of of what was going on. In the show, Cindy seemed to believe there was 
something elemental. That's what she kept calling it. There was something elemental that was fueling the paranormal activity. She actually described as a male spirit, but it was like a shapeshifter perhaps. And it was evil. And she wondered if the female neighbor who was a witch had maybe done some type of ritual on Dwayne, which heightened the activity. So like the activity, the evil entity was maybe already there and Dwayne was susceptible to it. And then what the witch did actually increased it. It like fueled it further. You know what this sounds like? And I know this sounds, just go with me here. Okay. Okay. You know, Peter Pan yeah you know how his his shadow is mm. like it's like it's it's almost like it's woven onto his feet yeah so it sounds like almost like she invites Dwayne over there's some type of entity in the home mm-hmm. and she hexes him or does something to where it's it's connected this like evil shadow entity or whatever is like on him and it's almost like peter pan with his shadow it's really creepy that you say that because every time the psychic lady is talking to Dwayne or has talked about Dwayne, mm-hmm. she says she sees a shadow standing over him. Okay, see, the the first thing I thought was insidious. The first thing I thought was when um, Patrick Wilson is sitting at the table. And, and they're was, just talking. And, they're and talking, then all of a sudden, that, that next thing, shot. Behind, there's a thing behind yes. his back. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly like that. But, but then I was like, okay, but that doesn't make any sense because why? It wouldn't just be like there. It would be connected to Dwayne somehow. And the only reason I can think it is connected to Dwayne is he goes over to this lady's house and it connects, if she connects it to him, sends him back over. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's tethered to him the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Good word. So. Tethered. Okay. So um, at one point in the show, Steve, the investigator, takes the two brothers, Terry and Dwayne, into the house across the street where the woman had lived. So she doesn't live there anymore. No, and they okay. asked the current neighbors if they could go in. Apparently, it helped jog his memory because Dwayne begins to remember the haircut that the woman gave him. She actually gave him tea first. Whoa, and he said okay. it tasted funny. She drugged him. Okay. And then she clipped off some of his hair and ate it. Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then... So... So they, anyway, I'll tell, explain a little bit further here in a minute, but they ended up talking to a woman who's like a self-proclaimed witch. And she said that was like ritualistic and it was like tying her to him as well by eating his hair. It's like a personal, like clipping his hair and eating it was a way of like tethering her, like binding her to him as well. Okay. So that's what the lady said in the show. So I figured this out, right? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, based on what the show. Sherlock. okay so based on what the show says of course we you know it's it's a show but what's interesting is that the home on dice road is not the only purported haunted location in the area okay there are actually three in addition to the house there's also a haunted cemetery in one facebook post quoted in the midland daily news article a resident claimed to see orbs or ghosts appear at midnight on halloween They allegedly floated above a grave. Another person claimed to capture the apparition of a woman on camera. Apparently, this female wraith has been seen coming out of Dice Road Cemetery by multiple people in the area. According to the legend, 
She is the ghost of Anna Rhodes Millerton, who committed suicide in the location of what is now the cemetery in 1830 after learning her husband had died in a shipwreck. However, he actually survived the shipwreck, didn't okay. die, and he returned home to find that his wife had killed herself in despair. Okay, well, A, that's some Romeo and Juliet shit. Except and, for that he didn't kill himself afterwards. Right. He actually but also, him. be could that just be some, like, supernatural, like, coincidence? Could be like, a Like, I mean, the fact, I... the fact that these two things are so close together. I mean, you have a home that's close to a cemetery. It's down I mean, the road. But it's yes. down the road. But, I mean, the thing is, is, like, a cemetery is going to have some lore going on it anyway. Because it's a cemetery. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, are those are these two things happening... Not like, you know, because of each other, but just like parallel. Okay. Well, hold on. Okay. Another haunted location is the Iva General Store located at Iva and Dice Roads. It was built in 1845 and the structure was originally a post office and then a general store and later, quote, a place where farmers would come on Friday nights to listen to the boxing matches on the radio. Sounds boring as hell. <laughs> it's according to an <laughs> MLive article I found in which they interviewed the new owner, Mike Midcalf. It is the only building that survived after having... There was plagues. So the town had several plagues and it triggered a quarantine. And then ultimately the town was burned down. Oh, wow. Because of all the sickness. And Mike said he was unable to explain many strange things that were happening within the home attached to the general store. So he lives there in the home. Um, For example, when he was renovating the home, he would feel someone or something brush up against him, but there was no one there. Also, his power tools started acting up. They would turn off suddenly and not work. And he would fi- he even fixed the wiring, thinking it was just a wiring issue. But the tools continued to shut off when he was working in the home. And one night, Mike and his wife were asleep when they heard the washing machine turn on. started filling up with water, but they hadn't started a load. I feel like, okay, like, I mean, that could be just. I know he tried to explain it away in the article, too. He's like, I don't really know if it's ghosts, but this is what's happening. Right. It's still interesting. He do, he seems to be a, a bit of a skeptic, which I think sometimes makes these instances more interesting. Because if the owner isn't saying it's necessarily a ghost, he's just like, yeah, I did have some of these weird experiences that happened here on the property. They're not like outlandish things. They're just right. a couple strange things. So what is causing all of these paranormal or strange occurrences in this area, on this stretch of road? Is it a portal of some sort? Well, paranormal investigator Steve Shippey seems to think so. In the show, Michigan Hell House, he identifies what he believes is the location of an open portal in a field near the home. And he invites a self-proclaimed witch, the one I was talking about earlier, to hold a ritual in an attempt to close the portal. All right, we're going to do this Buffy style. (laughs) So I suggest you watch the show to kind of figure out what happens and um, learn more about the story. But that's essentially the that you know that's the story of the michigan hell house and spooky occurrences that happen there near you know dice road in merrill michigan i'm a little skeptical okay that all these three things are related okay 
I don't I don't know for sure. I mean, it could You don't be, think it could be a portal? I mean, I guess. But I guess my thought process is is that it, it makes more sense that this lady would want the house. Like, why would she? Okay, why would she want the house? Let's just start well, because that. if there was something like the psychic lady said, the medium, she said that it was there was something elemental, like something that was on the land, and then the house was built on the land. Mm-hmm. And I guess if it was already there and it attached itself to Dwayne right. in some way, I don't know. I mean, maybe. It also sounds a little bit like, and I and I feel like I just. When I comment on these things, I'm like, oh, yeah, this sounds like this show or this movie. Um, but it also sounds like the second season of Stranger Things a little bit where there's like, and go with me here, where it's just like, there's like, you know, how there's like the tunnels like underneath where everything is kind of connected. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And so it sounds like the, the house is like the center, but then like it's outreaching, like it, it's like spreading to like these different places. Yeah. Like the supernatural stuff. But I don't know. It, I, I'm a. I don't know. I feel like either, either is true, and like these things are um, all connected, or I don't know if like this thing happened with the, the actual house, and then these people are like, oh yeah, this happened to me too, and this happened to me too, and just kind of like cashing in on on that. So. Well, one thing I did um, want to mention is that um, the original owner, um, the Pomerang family, uh, specifically Harold, I believe was his name, right? Harold um, and Mabel. But Harold got upset because that article that I referenced um, towards the beginning, the 1975 Saginaw News mm-hmm. article, um, the reporter had interviewed some police officers about the incidents that were happening in the home. And Harold got pissed. Like, he actually filed a complaint against the police department because he didn't want the, this news getting out to the public about what was happening in his home. So this is why this story was kind of buried for a while. Like, yes, there was a news article initially, mm-hmm. but then now we're talking, what, 40, 50 years later? Okay. 49 years later? Um, the, the, 48 years later, I think. That this story, this story has now come out because of this Michigan Hill House show. Um, but it really, he, the, the original family did not want this story to get out. They were not happy that the police officers had spoken to reporters about the case. So to me, that gives it more validation because it's not like they were trying to profit off of this. Like say the um, the uh, the original the lessons in the American. Oh God, uh, <laughs> Amityville Horror. The Amityville Horror, you know, the Letzes were kind of wishy-washy. Like they right. wanted to talk, but they didn't. But they did talk, but they didn't. They didn't. But then they invited psychics into the home. And this this was all driven mainly by the police inviting that's, in that's people. And they didn't. the The family did not want this getting out to the public. They did not want this being covered in the news. Yeah, that's different. And I think that's that's the, the different thing there is like it doesn't sound like they're trying to cash in on anything. Exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. listeners, what do you think was the cause of all of this activity in the home? Was it a poltergeist? Was it witchcraft? Was it a portal? Maybe it was a combination of all three. Supernatural Yahtzee. <laughs> what <laughs> let us know what you think. Email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Uh, we hope that you will continue to listen every week or so when we have time to do the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of ending up to be every two weeks or so. Uh, as we talk about spirits and we sip on spirits. Bye. Bye.